This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Byers to known FSU flips a high school quarterback for the 2023 class. Sinone, for the same reasons I've said the last four times we've been asked this question. I'll buy it because I'm a positive, I'm an I'm optimist. I'm buying it. You check Emery or Bust. Or Brock or Bust. Is it recording, guys? I am not there at the moment. I'm scheduling Facebook. It's been so long since I've used Zoom because we're doing this super secret behind the scenes thing. I'm not sure if, if I'm doing this correctly. It says recording. <laughs> Let's go. You know, sometimes the shower beers, early times in Cheerwine, just slaps a little differently. I think it's slapping pretty, pretty hard right now. Wish we could hear it into this right now zach you can hear it everyone who's oh, listening yeah. can hear it i forgot yeah <laughs> holy shit, guys fsu got a quarterback commit monday let's yeah. go <laughs> so the seminoles have after a, a long winding recruitment flipped brock glenn from ohio state florida state flipped a quarterback from ohio state we back baby it feels we're like back. It. we're not back because uh, Chris doesn't believe that Ohio State develops quarterbacks. Oh God, that one—that's an old <laughs> oh, take coming Chris, back. Chris, on me. Chris, is, Chris has so had let, some crappy quarterback takes. Chris, I will. Let, the let platform is the yours. Crow, the crow is here. So yes, I recently said I didn't think FSU would flip him from Ohio State because I wasn't convinced he would get back here for another visit. Apparently, that was not a necessity. And hey, hat tip to Tony Tokars and Mike Norvell for pulling this off. I think another take that I had was that they wouldn't sign a high school quarterback. Well, I thought it was Brock Glenn or nobody because I didn't really love anybody else that they were pursuing at quarterback in the high school ranks. And I didn't think they were going to get Brock Glenn. So that's why I deduced myself to them having to go probably for a transfer portal type of kid. But, hey, here we are. They pulled it off. It almost feels like FSU's kind of creeping back towards what they're supposed to be as a program. You you keep doing these things where you get the Hakeem Williams of the world and then you get the quarterback that you you – kind of big gambled for in the sense of you walked away from a quarterback commitment you had without the certainty you were going to land this kid. And now here you are, you're landing this kid. And he's a guy who feels like a potential guy that you're going to lean on in the future at the most crucial position on the football field for a team. So yeah, I'm all here for my crow. I'll eat it all. I own it. I said those things. I was wrong and I'm glad to be wrong. So good for FSU. Bad for me. Zach, can you a crow noise? Kid show. Okay, stop. <laughs> Let's break down the commitment, guys. He is a four-star quarterback from Memphis. 
Uh, Zach, do you want to pull up his senior season stats for us as well as just his uh, his 24-7 profile and rankings, please? Yes. So I have his stats in front of me now. Um, this is via the Elite 11 quarterback tracker that they release every week. Um, his season total is he's completed 74 passes on 100, 126 attempts. That's 58.7% completion percentage. He's thrown for 1,413 yards. 18 touchdowns and three interceptions. That's a pretty good ratio. And he's also a threat on the ground. 45 rushes for 443 yards and seven touchdowns. He led his team to an 8-2 and two record. And his 24-7 sports uh, ranking via the top 247, he's the number 20 quarterback in the country and number seven player in the state of Tennessee. In the composite, he's 379 overall and the 22 quarterback in the nation. So, Chris, what are your thoughts on Brock Glenn's game? God knows we've talked about it, right? It'd be before yeah, he, he I mean, committed yeah. him and Ricky Collins, and that feels like a Chris Parson. Man, what a what a how different things felt back in in the summertime. We're having some heavy June conversations here on Monday. I like Brock Glenn a heck of a lot. I think when we back when we ranked the three of them, him, Ricky Collins, Chris Parson. <laughs> um, that I said that I like Glenn the most <laughs> out of the three. So Salty I am here much? for it. I'm not salty at all, buddy. I'm happy today. Monday. I like Glenn a ton. I think he's got an arm that's pretty special and the ability to throw it to all parts of the field, throw it vertically, get it down the field. I like his athleticism. I think he's just well put together at the quarterback position. I also think he's a dude that FSU ultimately wanted out of those three in a sense of which one did they value the most. I think it is him. So I think it's an excellent pull for them. I think he's a guy that can help them long term. You know, I think he can come in here and get groomed pretty quickly in a sense of understanding the position. And like I said, I think he's one that Tony Tokars and Mike Norvell kind of had circled out of a bunch. I, I think they liked all three, three in, but Brock Lennon is who they wanted. It's the reason they played the long game with him more than anybody else. Guys, shooters shoot, and I think that's it. That is going to exemplify Tony Tokars in this process. Someone who has only been a position coach at the FBS level for two seasons now a quarterback coach at the power five level for one. This was a big gamble to an extent that he put his, he put all his eggs in one basket, I guess two baskets. Right. But, but basically he was, he, he made a move to go after Brock Glenn and Ricky Collins, but you know, one of the other, but, but really Brock Glenn knowing that it could rupture things with Chris Parson. And that's ended up what happening and that he would potentially not get a quarterback in this class. And he took his lumps publicly on the message board. I think us on this podcast were pretty understanding of what was happening and, and really realized like the big picture is, is Luke Romanock in 2024 and, and his ascension as a recruit. And that's that's where you're trying to get to. But you still want to try to bring in a quarterback every single class. And this was a guy that, that Tony Tokars handpicked. This is a, a player who runs a system at, at the small school ranks in Memphis that is very similar to what FSU runs. Someone who's kind of tailor-made for the Mike Norvell RPO offense uh, to an extent, someone who should be a good fit. And, and again, someone whose recruitment really took off late in the process. LSU, Notre Dame, Ohio State. I mean, he he's someone that, that schools started coveting at a really high level. And FSU ends up with him. Because of the persistence of Tony Tokars, of Mike Norvell, of Alex Atkins, of really the, the entire coaching staff. But this was Tony Tokars' guy. And... He continued to to pursue him when I think most thought that Florida State was was out of it and was going to have to move on. Uh, it's a testament so, to working really hard. You know the other thing that changed between June and November, Brendan? 
FSU started FSU winning a lot out. of games. Yeah, FSU went out there and did it. They have a passing offense that can push it vertically down the field, can put up yards, can do things in a number of ways. One of the 10 best offenses in the country, correct, Mr. Sazone? That is correct, right? One if you of the like 10 yard, best if offenses you like, in the country. If you like yards per play. So, yeah, they went out and did it. Did it they proved it. They showed it. And there's a payoff to that. And their FSU recruiting, we can start killing some of these narratives of FSU can't recruit. FSU couldn't recruit when FSU was putrid and awful. And they still recruited to a certain level, but they had to pick their punches and figure things out. As you start winning football games and proof of concept is real and you see what the hell they're supposed to be and what they're going to be, you can go out there and you can get dudes. They are a very good staff at building relationships and they're very good at understanding what they can win versus what they can't win. And yes, I know they've taken some of their lumps in recent years of things that went bad in the end, but in general, they're pretty good at understanding what recruitments they'll have a chance into the end and seeing it through. And this is probably the best example of anything they've done because you just went toe to toe with Ohio State and let's not build some narrative that's not true. Ohio State has an exquisite 2024 quarterback committed. So Brooklyn only held so much value to them as a program. But still, it's Ohio State. Like you're you're beating out one of the programs that's in the playoff contention that has had very good quarterback play at the college level for multiple years in a row. You're winning out for a quarterback there. That is a significant win. Give them their flowers for winning this one. And to Chris, you make two really good points. One, the way Ohio State valued Brock Glenn. Liked him. I don't know if they loved him or not. I think Florida State showed consistent love throughout this process and that level of persistence that I mentioned earlier. Uh, you show that someone is valuable to you, and I think over a period of time that that paid off for Florida State. Uh, so so kudos there to to continuing to pursue him. Uh, the other point, you know, when Brock Glenn committed to Ohio State, we thought maybe a week leading up to that it was going to be Florida State. I think Florida State was feeling really good about where it stood for Brock Glenn. Ultimately, Brock Glenn was, yeah, Brock Glenn was telling people at the Elite 11 that he was going to Florida State. So at one point, it was Florida State. Which Elite 11? The national one in okay. the beginning of July, I believe. So to Zach's point, yes, uh, I think everyone felt really good about uh, Florida State standing with Brock Glenn. But Ohio State starts turning up the heat, and what, regardless of what Chris Nee says, uh, Ohio State does a good job uh, building quarterbacks. I'm just, I'm, I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you. Uh, <laughs> so what that ends up doing, though, is, yeah, I mean, if you're a high school quarterback and you're super competitive, which Brock Glenn is, you're not going to look behind you and say this 2024 kid. No, I'm not worried about him. I'm not worried about what's ahead of me. I think I can win at any level. And so Florida State, you had to to kind of alter his mindset a little bit and be like, you could win here as well, uh, but we also value more. And you have to kind of, it's a delicate balance. Ultimately, though, to Chris's earlier point, what Florida State did to hammer home the point to Brock Glenn was win football games. I mean, that that's ultimately what the difference was. When he committed to Ohio State, I think there was a level of skepticism on his end that he would be playing, if he went to Florida State, that he'd be playing under Mike Norvell in three or four years because there had to be a proof of concept. And there had to be a proof of concept uh, on the field that led to killing negative recruiting and narratives that Mike Norvell wasn't going to be the guy long-term here. 
Florida State, as we're recording this Monday, sitting at eight and three, a chance to finish the year nine and three with one games that are that are winnable. Uh, one should be a win, and, and the other one will be a coin flip. But regardless, you're talking about eight, nine wins probably this season. You're probably talking about a contract extension for Mike Norvell. You're talking about proof of concept. And all that leads to you being able to sell a four-star quarterback to flip from the Ohio State to the Florida State, and that's where we're at today. Earlier in this, Brendan and Zach both brought up Tony Tokars and talked about I think it's worth expounding on that point a little bit. Tony deserves credit for walking away from a quarterback that wasn't his who was already a bird in hand and being comfortable with that, not the easiest thing to do when you really do need to continue to add quarterbacks to your roster. They did that. He was able in June, he thought, I don't want to speak for Tony Tokars, but I believe in June FSU felt confident they were going to get Brock Lent. And then that kind of withered away and it didn't happen. And the commitment to Ohio State happens. You can get in your feelings and be hurt all day about that, or you can go and do your job and keep recruiting a kid and keep doing what you're supposed to do. And FSU went and did that. And they made sure not to fracture that relationship with some hard feelings at a moment when you weren't the choice. And it pays off for him down the road here. Um, You know, Tony Tokars is new to coaching at this level. Tony Tokars is a young dude. I like Tony Tokars a heck of a lot. I think he's a a bright future coach kind of guy. There was a reason Mike Norvell felt super comfortable with knowing he'd be a guy he'd elevate on his staff. There's a reason for that. But he went and he did it. And that's really, really impressive for a guy. And, you know, he already went and got Luke Cromanhawk, who we all agree is a very, very good quarterback. And now, hey, 247 agrees, too. He's number nine in the country for his class at the position. Uh, side, so, note, so, side note, Tony Tokar's evaluating Luke Cromanhawk and Tony Tokar's evaluating Brock Glenn and moving chips into the table before LSU, Ohio State, Notre Dame. Like, there might be some good evaluating going on there. Sorry, continue, Chris. Yeah. And we've also seen Tony's proof of concept with coaching where he's had a very positive effect on a guy like Jordan Travis, not solely his job, obviously Mike Norvell, Alex Atkins and Kenny Dillingham before him all deserve a great deal of credit for where Jordan has progressed to as does Jordan himself individually speaking. But I just think it's a positive. We there too often there's some tearing down of coaches going on and some uh, demeaning of coaches and what they're capable of. I think this is a very, mighty good statement for what Tony Tokars is capable of. And he's done some other things preceding this that lend themselves to this not being a one-off. Anything you want to add, Zach? I feel like you've been quiet. Do you want to do another Crow impersonation for us? The first one's really I'm good. good. Um, I think uh, the one thing I want to know here is I, I remember when Mike Norvell promoted from the inside Alex Atkins to OC and Tony Tokars to quarterbacks coach. Um, and people were really knocking on it. Um, Atkins is now a Broyles Award uh, semifinalist, which is um, you know the top assistant in the country award. And then Tony Tokars is out here flipping recruits from Ohio State. So um, there you go. And there's the reward of Mike Norvell um, rewarding guys inside his program with with better positions. They're going to work, you know, their asses off for him. Um, Whoa, kid show. And there you go. Uh, you know, Tony's, you know, I've been critical of Tony. I thought the June play was super risky, right? Like, especially if they didn't have a great season, um, you probably don't get back in with Brock Glenn. Um, But they were confident, um, and I'll give them that. And they never stopped, and Tony's never stopped working that recruitment. So huge kudos to him um, and a great win for for Tony and the rest of the staff. They bet on themselves, and they do that a lot. And I, I think it's proven to be a pretty good thing for them. You know, we, we knocked Ron Dugans here 12 months ago, and Ron deserved some of what the criticism was, especially from a recruiting standpoint, but his groups drastically stepped up. You know, there's other guys on the staff that people, including us, are critical of. 
But sometimes I think it just proves you got to have patience in this whole process and see how things play out. And, uh, you know, trust the guy who's running it. I think Mike Norvell has done a really good job with this program. And as recruiting continues to take an uptick, FSU is going to have, I think, roughly a top 15 class here with this commitment. Um, and we know they can go into portal and have success. Like they're doing a good job of restructuring FSU as a football program in every which way. And that includes an uptick of talent on the roster, which is the next step for them to take the next step as a program on the field. Yeah, I think the it's one thing to be to be apprehensive or critical of some moves, but the big picture second guessing of the staff, I think, as we record this here today on Monday. FSU sit eight and three, like shot with that a little bit, I think is what I would recommend is it's again, one thing to have some apprehension, but this is moving in the right direction. Have some trust in a coach who's built a lot of goodwill in a, in a short period of time under really difficult circumstances. Today's just another feather in the cap for Mike Norvell and this coaching staff. Do we have anything else we want to get to like big picture what the quarterback room looks like next year? I, I, I think Jordan Travis might be a part of it. We don't know that for sure. Uh, I think they want him to be a part of it. I think you probably then retain Tate Rodemaker, AJ Duffy, Brock Glenn. Like you don't have to to add a portal quarterback for depth at that point. You see what the younger guys that they develop, and you just keep going homegrown, organic. Luke Cromanhawk in twenty twenty four, and kind of see where where you go. Yeah, if JT's back, you you ride with what you got, and you see how it is. I don't think you ruffle the feathers by bringing in a transfer type. If, you know, the worst case scenario of JT happened next year in the sense of him being here but unavailable, you, you got guys and you got to figure it out, and that's who you are long-term. You've earned some goodwill with success this past year. You've got three guys. I mean, they've pushed their chips in on Tate, being believers in him. And then you got two young guys that you've recruited as a staff. you, you got to see what's next for you. You can't always go with a Band-Aid. And I think at some point you walk away from taking Band-Aids at position when you do have the homegrown talent. You you show that you can develop as you have at so many positions and that you have recruited guys to be what you want them to be within your offense and you try and go do that. I think this is excellent for uh, A.J. Duffy. Uh, I think anytime you're adding a guy who can bring competition in a similar age group, you know, where you got the younger guy pushing the guy who's just slightly older and has a little bit more time in the system. I think that's good for that guy. And I think this will be beneficial for AJ Duffy because AJ's had the, I don't know if luxury is the right word, but he knew he was solidly behind the other two guys. So he sort of was comfortable in his spot. This might bring a little bit of not being as comfortable, which is probably a good thing that benefits guys to work harder and do things at the tip top level and push themselves to be as good as they can be. Have you ever heard of the saying that iron sharpens iron? I've heard that cliche a time or two, yes. Uh, check all the boxes. Is Brooklyn a safety or a guard? <laughs> okay, I think we get out of here. Anything else? I think we're good. All right. For Zach Blossing, for Christian, I'm Brendan Sinone. This has been On the Bench. Thanks for listening for the Insta Reaction Pod. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.